You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selick. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections. And sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. Today's episode will involve Mike Hodge, who's the president of Hodge Construction Company. He's been a longtime friend and a best friend for many years, and uh, he is a person who's truly made a difference in our community in many respects. Pens. I could order some pens. I thought, well, what, what would I write on them? You know what? Mike Hodge Enterprises. So I filled that out, and I mailed it in. <laughs> Sounds impressive. Yeah, that's what I thought. And they finally came in, and I was excited about them. I showed them to my wife, Julie, and I said, look here. And she goes, Mike, you don't spell enterprises with a Z. Have <laughs> <laughs> you had? I mean, what do you think about partnerships? And I'm going, you know what? If you if you uh, enter a partnership on, on a basis that that what's best for the partnership, not best for you, it, it'll work out just fine. Right, no, you did a great so job. stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, providing full-service banking and trust services to businesses and consumers, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Well, today is a special day for me. I'm with Mike Hodge, and uh, this is our series on my best friend. And um, in Mike's case, he's my oldest best friend, maybe. We've known each other for many years and have worked together in various projects in the community. And uh, uh, he's been a special person in my life and has made a difference in this community. So it'll be fun fun to share um, uh, our history and sort of Mike's background, how he's been involved in this area. So... Mike, welcome to my best friend. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, being what you said, your oldest best friend, I, that means I've, <laughs> I've I've been used to the cycle over the last 30-some years. You know, I'm his best friend, and then I'm not. And so, you know, it's been great. You know, it gives me a little uh, space once in a while. <laughs> well, I appreciate uh, all the things we've done together. But uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, I think you uh, grew up in Rock Island, Illinois, and tell us about the background and your mother passing away and, you know, yeah, so I grew up in Rock Island, and uh, mm-hmm. we had uh, uh, eight, ki- you know, family of eight kids. And uh, so then uh, I think when I was 10, our mom passed away, and our dad raised us, and uh, he uh, did it by himself, you know. So we were, were you the, are you the oldest or youngest? I was kind of in the middle. In the middle. In the middle, yeah. So the way uh, he would keep track of us is, put, you know, make us work all the time. And so we, uh, yeah. <laughs> you learn how to work. And oh, yeah. So we, uh, we, you know, before we went to school in the morning, cleaned the house and then uh, come home at night and fix supper and, uh, you know, and do those things. And, and one thing I remember is when I was, we, he had us, I think this was a trick. He had us shine all the leaves on the plants with mayonnaise. Well, you know. It really looked good the day we did it, and I think it attracted dust. So the next day, it needed it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a unique idea. Yeah. I went down to Florida, and I saw all these shiny leaves. I thought, man, they used a lot of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you uh, went to Rock Island High School and graduated. Yeah, graduated. And then um, you didn't come to Iowa right away. Where did you go to college? I went to Southern Illinois. They uh, uh, had, had a free application fee. So that's how— the, So the, you were paying for your, your own college, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And— uh, 
it was 25 bucks at the time and it, but these guys were free and uh i'll never forget it was such a it was 1971 and uh the vietnam war and uh, my my roommate's name uh was uh lumpy and his best friend was lamb chops and and it was <laughs> quite oh yeah it was quite an education and these guys had a tapestry hanging from the wall with a waterbed and anyway uh lumpy he he flunked out the end of the first quarter and <laughs> So anyway, so I went to Southern uh, my first year, and I really didn't want to go back to the dorm. So the, my second year, I went to Northern Illinois for a semester, and at, at, uh, in January, switched to Iowa. Now, why Iowa? I had a brother going here, and he said, you come here, and good college, and got into engineering. And yeah, so I got into civil engineering program here. So we got done uh, in, with college, and uh, what's kind of funny is... Uh, I said I kind of had had an acclimation in college towards real estate, and uh, so uh, I was looking for something. You know, putting myself through college, you know, how could I live free? And da, da, da. so I ended up looking at stuff. I ended up buying a, a trailer, and it had two bedrooms, and uh, rented out both bedrooms. And in the living room, I built a closet, so I, that was to make my bedroom. And every night, I would pull out the high to bed, and every morning, I'd push it back, and. Uh, and then I'll never forget this. I mean, so when we I got all done with school, sold the trailer, I made five thousand dollars. I mean, this was like big time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh so then, you know, fell in love with my wife of today, forty two years. And we uh so we got engaged, you know, a year later and went on our honeymoon, went to Hawaii, you know what it cost me? Five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so the trailer to Hawaii, huh? Yeah, I thought I was pretty smart, and then love is blind, I guess. Yeah. Well, great. And then, so after you then graduated, you back to Rock Island for a while. Went back to Rock Island for two years, and worked with my family construction company. And uh, there was uh, all my brothers involved, and you know everybody's kind of tussling to, I don't know, to be part of the company or to be on top, or you know how when you grow up with. Uh, uh, you know, a family like that, and you, you know, you kind of all are used to running things, you know, together. Mm -hmm. It, uh, I don't know, it was time for me to kind of break away. And so I decided to come up to, back to Iowa City. I had a friend here, he said, come up here and uh, I'll get you on with Shive Hattery. And uh, so anyway, so I came back to Iowa City and worked with Shive Hattery after that for just, for two more years. Yeah, and you worked with Jim Shive and Bob DeWitt and all that. Yeah, Iowa City Jim name. Shive, Bob DeWitt, and yeah. Uh, so that's where you learned the real engineering, right? That was the practical side of it? Yeah, you know, when I was in college, I, I, I guess I was a good enough student to get in, but I, I you know, I kind of had a pretty good time. You danced with your wife. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. And so anyway, <laughs> when I got to Shive, I had to really uh, go back to the books. They'd say, well, Mike, you need to do this, you know, d this pavement design, this open flow design, all these different designs. I mean, I was getting the books open every night. And... Uh, so anyway, but the thing that that taught me was when I got off on my own was that, you know what, I may not know how to do it, but I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's the thing that engineering does for you is it really gives you confidence that you can approach anything and figure it out and not be uh, intimidated by it. <clears throat> and I think that's really helped me through, you know, being self-employed all these years. Yeah. So then you decided to start out on your own or buy real estate or start construction and obviously... Yeah, so uh, again, I kind of so I had this interest in in uh, rental real estate that I actually dabbed it a little bit when I was in Rock Island, but um, but I kind of had uh, a, a building job lined up when I left, and uh, you know started my own company, 
had had a office in a garage over off of Maggard, and my my wife bought me a uh, drafting table. That was the first piece of mm-hmm. you know equipment I had, and uh, put it in, the, in an old garage. And it was so funny because I had one of those barrels, you know, that you used to get detergent in your cardboard. Yeah. It's got the the metal ring at the top. And I had my first client. And they wanted a duplex, and I'm like. I don't have two chairs. So I thought, well, I got my barrel and I'll put a bigger piece of wood on it and I'll just make sure that when I stand up, they stand up so it doesn't get to be like a teeter-totter. <laughs> <laughs> I see. And that worked pretty good until it got cold and I cut the uh, phone line with the lawnmower and stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and it. Uh, and so then after that, I bought a house over on, I worked with Tom Lepic who, you know, did, you know, we really worked well together and, and a great partnership. But uh, I bought a place over on Governor and uh, kind of a funny story you know one thing about and i'm not going to claim all engineers are poor spellers but i I definitely am so uh so i'm sitting over there in governor i I put a shop again in an old garage the pot belly stove and that kind of stuff and uh in my office i rented out all parts of this governor street house other than the front living room and you, you look out there on governor street and I'm sitting there, and I finished my first job, and I didn't have a lot to do. And I'm just kind of like, so I got some junk mail. Well, here's some pens. I could order some pens. I thought, well, what, what would I write on them? Like, you know what? Mike Hodge Enterprises. So I filled that out, and I <laughs> mailed it in. Sounds impressive. Yeah, that's what I thought. And they finally came in. I was excited about it. I showed it to my wife, Julie, and I said, look here. And she goes, Mike, you don't spell enterprises with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I she thought, was around us. Yeah, I thought, well, that's kind of a prize. I don't know. But anyway, it was uh, early on in, in, in the process. So back to you, just would find new jobs and build stuff. And I know you told me once um, the reason you got ahead was you worked pretty hard. At nighttime, yeah. some people were going home and you were still working. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, of course, you know, growing up in, uh, you know, my, our dad gives strong work ethic, but I kind of always had this going through my mind. You, you know, some people work harder and some people work smarter, and I'm not that smart, so I gotta, I, I'm gonna try to do both, right? So mm-hmm. I worked, and it was kind of funny, you know, I'd be in trimming out a an old building or something, and it'd be almost midnight, just kind of before we had kids, and. Uh, uh, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm getting ahead. I'm working harder, you know, right. I'm, I'm getting ahead. So, you know, and, and it was back then, I mean, it was, I used to say for the first 10 years, if I didn't have to spend half my time trying to figure out how I'm going to cover payroll, I could, I could, you know, focus on construction. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how it is when you're self-employed. You, sure. You cover everything. Yeah, tell us what projects are you working with on now with Hodge Construction? Well, we got several ongoing projects. I mean, one is, you know, we, we just finished the Hilton uh, partner from McComas on that and the view on the top. So we're kind of, you know, part of that, uh, I guess not the management of that. We're partners with Kenseth, but, you know, with the view and stuff, that's kind of been an ongoing uh, project in the last <laughs> year or two. And then next door, we're building the stay bridge, I'm sorry, the uh, element and some condos and uh, some retail and, and uh, office. So that's right on the corner of Dubuque, and, I'm sorry, Clinton and Burlington. Right across from Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we have that going. And then down by the old city electric, you know, we were building several uh, rental properties. Yep. And then out on Scott Boulevard, we have a large project that we're partnered with uh, Oak Knoll with. You know, it's a. Yeah, Oak Knoll East, they call it, right? Yeah. 60 60 unit. It's going to be a beautiful facility. The condominiums and stuff are 
going to be all part of Oakland, but yet a really an independent, you know, condo feeling and look and, and really a high quality project. And, uh, yeah, and then we're doing projects out in Coralville, you know, we're, we're attached to the, uh, uh, arena. We're building the stay bridge hotel, which we will re retain ownership and partnership with Kinseth and look at doing other projects down there. You know, we built the building that's uh, where Vesta and Konomi and that whole retail and, uh, office building we built that so we're still own part of that and, and involved but across the street we're looking at building something so we're good partnership with Coralville and and uh, Kelly and uh, we have stuff going up North Liberty and yep. uh, we have some multifamily and some uh, uh, small some duplex stuff some development work and uh, so yeah we kind of we're a little dabbing in everything trying to kind of have the you know that rounded portfolio if you will and uh, but Andy's really, uh, and Kevin and, and Weston really doing a good job. I keep, the, it, I, what they're going to say is, you know, you, you, you can't get everything done in a day. I'm going to go, yeah, I know it. That's the reason you guys got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Back when you started your business, um, which has been successful over the last 30 years or so, you were started out by yourself. But uh, how did you connect with people or work with others or, or uh, you know, try to, to grow your business through those relationships? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, there's been, I think, a lot of people over the years, you know, right away when you're self-employed, one of your best friends becomes your banker. Yeah, and, I remember, yeah. And, uh, that was before me. Yeah, and I uh, I think I maybe wore the pavement out into that bank. But, uh, uh, you know, I think in a lot of it was just, I mean, you know, Iowa City is in Johnson County, so it's a great place to have a business, you know. And so it's, I think that's, the that was probably the biggest leg up that, that I felt like we had, I had over people in other towns because just with the university and the hospital and then, you know, just a great place to raise a family. So just this location was big. And then, uh, you know, like I say, Tom Lepic and I were, uh, uh, Gene Crager kind of got me started with uh, in their company as far as working with Tom. And then Tom and I, he was my age and uh, he is my agent. So he, uh, you know, he was aggressive and just like he wasn't wrestling. And, uh, so we uh, we just had a great partnership, and and I was out working every day, and then at the end of the day he'd bring me stuff, and we'd go look at stuff, and uh, I think you know that I, I think you know and, and a lot of good partnerships, right? I mean I I've had you know we we bought Sycamore Mall back in the day, right? And had partnerships on that old Capitol Mall. I mean those were through partnerships, and uh, I think that if you <clears throat> excuse me if you if you just treat people fairly. And honestly, mm -hmm. you got good partners, and uh, people aren't afraid to part, you know, to partner with you. And I think my partnerships uh, have really, have really been good for me because it, uh, you know, when you're self-employed, and uh, you just need you need business partners and business friends, and uh, so it's it's that's I think has been just there's a lot of names, a lot of people, but uh, I absolutely believe in partners. A lot of people go, oh, I just, oh, have you had? I mean, what do you think about partnerships? And I'm going. You know what? If you if you uh, enter a partnership with uh, on a basis that that what's best for the partnership, not best for you, it it'll work out just fine. All right now, you've done a great job with uh, bringing partners in and people being involved, and you've sort of built those relationships. Now you're active in your church, Methodist Church. Is that right? Uh huh. Yeah. The with uh, we've been going to Methodist Church ever since the kids were young, and uh, it's been a great first night Methodist Church there on. Uh, Dubuque and uh, Jefferson 
And, uh, and give yeah. me the background. I know you that <clears throat> church has had this history of the Appalachian Service Project that mm -hmm. did in the summers, and you've, you've gone on from there. So tell us about that, how that works with the church and how you got involved with the well, national board. It's called the, it's called the AS, yeah, Appalachian Service Project, and the acronym is ASP. And it's a home repair um, ministry, if you will. And <clears throat> excuse me, we uh, so during the summer, there's actually about 15,000, 16,000 volunteers that, that are down through four states in Appalachia, which are uh, Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. And uh, so we have uh, high, uh, college volunteers that will go, and we'll have 30 different locations that we'll work out of. But it's mo uh, in the... Uh, uh, ASP's uh, saying, if you will, is warmer, safer, drier. And so, you know, it was mostly that for all these years. And then, uh, and in the last, and so then when we go down, we'll bring, we would bring 30 people. Uh, High about, school kids too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe 10 adults and 20 youth or 15 and 15, something like that. And uh, you go down and you uh, usually stay in a school and uh, take showers with a hose. Yeah, it's pretty cold water, I'm told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not glamorous. Yeah, and, uh, and of course, you know, the, the food budget, I think, is a buck and a half or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So anyway, but, but you know, it's the big thing is, you know, you end up just great relationships with the families and stuff because, really, you're in their homes, you know, banging around and doing work and disrupting their lives. And, mm -hmm. and of course, you're usually, uh, there's other people that... Um, that, that have been there the week before and people the, the week after, right? And so uh, uh, we kind of, it's a continuation of, of just that work. And uh, so anyway, and then in the last few years, ASP has gotten a little bit involved with disaster relief. And so there's big, you know, with a, been a lot of flooding down in uh, West Virginia and the fires, you know, in Tennessee and Gatlinburg. Sure. And so. But you're on the, this national board too now? Yep. Right? So, for several uh, years? It was kind of, I mean, I, I don't remember the movie, but where uh, um, there was a prison and, and the new warden went in as a, as a prisoner to see how it was run, and then he was the warden. I kind of felt like that with this because what happened was I was down there working one, one summer, and um, there's two guys that I was talking to, you know, at the end of each day at the center. And, uh, you know, talking, you know, and giving them my ideas because I had several, several years of experience. And. And they were asking me this and that, and I said, well, here's how I did it. Well, it turns out that the, the one is the uh, chairman of the board for the ASP, and the other one is the uh, CEO. Huh. And so mm -hmm. about, I don't know, X number of weeks later, they invited me to be on the board. So I've been on now for, I don't know, maybe seven to ten years. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear about the work you've done with ASP and the Appalachian Service Project uh, is there any more stories there we should hear? Well, one, one kind of funny story is uh, one year uh, down in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, um, they were the ex uh, Extreme Home Makeover, you remember it was a TV show and stuff, and, and so they were gonna do a home down there. And ASP was gonna get involved because we wanted to uh, recoup or get, uh, rec you know, reclaim, I guess, if you will, the uh, cabinets and the doors and all that out there. And uh, so, they, the CEO said, can you come down and, and, and get all this stuff, you know, before they tear it down? So I said, yeah, so I'll bring a crew down. So we went down, and by the time we got down there, they had already tore the house down. And so um, and they're like, so the people in the Extreme Home Makos said, well, could you just stay and help? You know, there's a 1,000 people there. And so I said, yeah, yeah, we're here. We'll do that. And so 
the next day and it's snowing. It, it's a pretty well greased operation, right? But the next day they're putting on the, we worked kind of, you know, through the night, but the next day you're looking for things to do kind of. And I thought, well, I'm gonna build the staircase going up to the second floor. And uh, so I go in and I measure, I find some tools. You didn't bring your tools, they provide the tools, but because there's so many people there, everybody's grabbing the tools. So, uh, so I do my measurements, I get some tools, I lay them down, I think, you know what, you know, the old measure twice, cut once. I'm gonna go back and measure one more time. I came back out and all my tools are gone. Well, you know, <laughs> that's what it was, right? So anyway, so I go, luckily my car wasn't too far away, you know, a few hundred yards. Went and got all the things I needed. And as soon as I'm walking back, a girl walks up to me and she goes, you know, sir, you look like you know what you're doing. Could I help you? And I said, you absolutely could. Would you watch my tools right here? <laughs> <laughs> so she did, but I, and I was still a little suspect because, you know, everybody was, you know, too, too many people around her. So I kept looking out the door and every time I looked out, she gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> she had them covered. She was on it. Yeah. We built the staircase and, uh, and got to watch it after Christmas on uh, on TV. It's pretty. Well, fun. that's a great. Yeah, it's a great story. Well, good. Also, then locally, I know you've been active with Young Life. You used to have Young Life out here in your, I guess your barn area, and uh, you've been helped host events for them. And your children have been involved in that too, right? Then Young Life, they actually still meet out here in the fall. They do in the old horse barn. Yeah, horse barn. Yeah. yeah, and they go up in the hayloft at Hay Mile, and they. Uh, and it, they they leave when it gets cold because there's a little source of heat, but there's <laughs> yeah. lots lots of wind, right? Yeah. So they uh, they do stuff, and then uh, yeah, I've been involved with Young Life ever since my kids were in kind of maybe junior high high school, just beginning of high school, and uh, it's a great organization and uh, kind of a non-denominational Christian organization, and they have great leadership. And then every spring, the last week of May, every spring I take a crew. I take the motor home, I hook a tool trailer to it, and I go up to uh, uh, northwest Minnesota, up to their castaway, their uh, mm, right. camp, and we'll work for a week. And we've been doing that for over 20 years now, and it's, it's been a great experience. But Young Life's just really, a, you know, it's, I really like it because it, it can uh, serve so many people across all their denominations, sure. all, the, all the young people, so... Well, one thing I admire about you is your commitment to helping others and uh, getting people involved. You're, you're a little weird, I think, at times. I know for uh, for Christmas, the present that uh, your children give you, they get to go up to Camp Courageous and volunteer for a day or two as mm -hmm. part of the family activity to, again, to give back to the community to help others, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of going back a little bit, you know, sitting here in the barn. Well, uh, the reason that there is a barn here is because um, I think it was four years ago, I had an old barn here, you know, just a metal barn. Sure. And we were getting ready to do a, a family trip to Camp Courageous. And um, we, uh, Julie had the motorhome packed full of food for the grandkids and uh, she was defrosting and stuff. And I mean, while, you know, some of my son-in-law is really don't know which end of a screwdriver to use, right? So <laughs> people like me, yeah. Yeah, I so I, uh, <laughs> I was pretty well organized and I had, we're, we're building a shelter for Camp Courageous, that was our project. And all the kids were coming home to do it and everybody was, going to take off three days and we were just going to do it so uh anyway i uh had all the uh like the rafters pre-cut and everything pre-drilled i was going to put together like a tinker toy you know a set and uh so uh and i borrowed a trailer from dean oaks a day earlier and i took put everything in, in that old trailer and i parked it about five feet outside of the pole barn 
Julie was back in the uh, the motorhome. She had it done. She defrosted the refrigerator, and it, it was a poor design on the motorhome. Underneath the refrigerator is the electronics. Well, the next morning I got woken up by my buddy Bob Dane and said, your, uh, your, your pole barn's burn, burning down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I came over here. And, uh, well, it already burnt down, really. And, uh, but I tell you, I wasn't, I wasn't really upset about the, my car in here or my motorhome. I, or the four, I was upset about that. That fire jumped across over that trailer six feet and burned all my lumber up. <laughs> so anyway, but what's funny, it was a beautiful fall day, you know, like 70-some degrees, September. And we all, and I called four different lumber yards, and we just went out here in the field and uh, recut and prefab wasn't quite as pretty and this and that and then saturday we went and put up the, the project and sunday and came back sunday night to all the skeletons of the uh of the <laughs> fire <laughs> well mike another thing you've been involved with many many years ago it started out with habitat for humanity i know i i, I first heard about that through you and the things you've done to get them started and the volunteering you did and the program so tell us about your history with the habitat uh, well, Habitat, I mean, I kind of, you know, uh, viewed it as something, you know, when you, uh, I always kind of envied a little bit, you know, you know, docs and nurses, you know, who could, you know, go different places and help people. And as a contractor, it's like, you know, what can I really do? So Habitat really fit that for me and for this, you know, for where I was at here in Iowa City. So we got involved early on. And uh, it was really fun, I mean, because you could get different groups involved and you could lead them through it. And uh we did, you know, some of the builds that we did, I mean, you know, back in the day, you had, I mean, some of them were, were three-month builds. There was one-month build, and then we had a one-week build where we completed the house totally in one week. And, and a couple of funny stories was um, one day we started a house, and we, you know, by the end of the day, we had it under roof. And we're sitting up on the roof and uh, end of a cul-de-sac, and uh, we're just sitting there, and it's kind of quiet. And, you know, how, sometimes how you can hear real easily sounds from down below you know down a holler or something but anyway, so we're sitting on this roof and these two little kids you know ride up in their stingrays and uh you know put on their brakes and skid sideways and the one little guy says the other was that house here this morning <laughs> <laughs> so, so but you know you talk about people getting involved and in, and in doing something you know that that's a little different and get involved i mean and i'll never forget this so i i'm one of the habitats that that uh, we're running and uh you know, people are busy, right? And they're having a good time. But everywhere I go, I'm tripping over stuff. And so this one, you know, elderly lady comes up to me and she goes, Mike, um, give me something to do. Can I can I do something? I said, you know what? I would love, I mean, if you would get a broom and sweep this stuff up here and I'm tripping it, she goes, oh, no way. I came to swing a hammer. <laughs> no, that's the great thing about my experience too. I was not, I'm not very handy, but you allow people like me to pound some nails and stuff. I know we did a, a build with high school students. It's probably been 25 years ago. Yeah. But again, that was a little bit tricky. But the, the secret is you guys, my hot construction, financed a lot of that stuff and did a lot of the hard work. But the, the people like me or these even high school kids think they're doing important work, work which they did. But it was a, a great experience for them. You might share with everyone the, the role hot constructions had with the uh, used to deliver the food on one day a week. What was that group? Yeah, you I think for 10 years, we, 10 uh, years, yeah. Yeah, we did a, a table-to-table uh, route, and uh, all the employees would jump in, and we would get, put it on a calendar, and they all participated. And uh, 
it was really good. And then what happened, uh, and it, that's just up to maybe a year or two ago, and then uh, Table to Table got a large, large truck. And uh, so it was, you know, we were just doing it in a small van, so we, we got, uh, I guess, the opportunity to take a breather. And Well, that's a real example of your leadership and the, your staff, too, willing to do every single week. That's a, that's a commitment that truly makes a difference in the community. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great organization, and uh, you know, we do some work with the shelter house. You know, Chrissy Canganelli does a great job, right. and working with her on some newer projects right now. Well, could uh, you might share with us some of the things you are here on Saturday morning to uh, invite some of your, I guess, business friends and other friends to have breakfast, and you actually, you and your for your friends, make breakfast. Tell us about that background. Well, it kind of started back, probably. Uh, four or five years ago and the grandkids, I tried to entice them to come over, you know, and spend a little time with her. They call me, you know, Julia, our Momo and Popo. And you're, so, you're, you're Popo? Yeah, I'm Popo. And, and my son said, well, you're just lucky that, you know, mom didn't call herself Mimi. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but anyway, they would come over and uh, so I'd get them over on Saturday morning. We'd flip eggs in the in the old, the other barn that, uh, uh, and this one had already burnt down actually. And, uh, uh, Munch of sawdust and the flies and all that, you know, and then and it grew. Then I would maybe talk to see you or I'd see Randy Ward or see, you know, different people and say, hey, I'm cooking eggs for the grandkids. And so really it started out like that. And, you know, where we had two people and then four people and then 10 people. And then as I was building this barn, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should expand a little bit on this breakfast thing. And, and so we put in some, you know, some more cooking stuff for the really for that which turned out to be great for our family. But, uh, you know, now on a Saturday morning, which once a month roughly, I'll have anywhere from 50 to 70 guys here for breakfast. And girls. And a few yeah. girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And They're grandchildren. Always, oh, yeah. They show up and they run yep, around, right? Yep, yeah. yep. And the girls are always invited. And they, I, a lot of them finally say, we think it's too many guys there. So, but, uh, and I love seeing the kids here. So, you know, oh, my, yeah. my uh, kids bring their kids. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, but it, and everybody jumps in and, uh, you know, and everybody cleans up and no, people no, go, how I'm, do you do it? I'm pretty li- I like to come and eat, uh, but it's pretty impressive to see with Dean Oaks or Jim Kenyon or Donnie Stockfleet, Kevin Digman making hash browns, Greg Apple yeah. cooking eggs, yeah. um, making the fruit now. Yeah. It's, a. Uh, oh, uh, Dean Oaks, uh, he, you know, he's been a partner for a long time and, uh, in 1981 already so that'll be you know here 40 years pretty yeah. quick and i did it with creative financing and help with tom Lepic, but you know i bought the old berkeley buildings there on dubuque and uh and uh jefferson and uh bought those from dean and then also the old Sutton tv building sure i remember i was 28 years old and Sutton tv was in there and i said well, Dean, I never owned a building that had a commercial space in it. He goes, oh, they've been in there for 25 years. He said, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, that's a lifetime. I'm only 28, right? So I'm thinking, wow, okay. Two years later, Tube TV went out and Solid State went in. <laughs> Sutton TV went out of business. <laughs> they were gone. They were gone. And I've had a half a dozen. There's a really good restaurant in there now. Uh, but uh, it had a lot of different stuff sure. in there. Yeah. But the Berkeley building, that's a term people aren't familiar with. That's the corner of... Dubuque and Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. That's an old, old building that you, you and your company restored and have preserved it historically, which yeah. is very impressive. It was called. It was the Park House originally, 
It built as a hotel in 1850 as the first uh, hotel, I mean, when the, when the capital of Iowa was here. And they built this hotel to house the legislators. Well, seven years later, it got moved to Des Moines. And uh, so the hotel kind of went out of business. And it, I, I'm not sure if it was purchased for very little money or whatever, but the Sisters of Charity took it over. Right. And it was a women's school and uh, a fourth floor was added. And uh, so we've owned it now for almost 40 some years. We, re we had a fire in there, uh, you know, maybe 10 years after I owned it. And uh, so we finally, I can't remember what year, but we did restore it fully, the whole thing. We had to put a lot of uh, jacks and stuff under it and get I mean, when you were in that building, you were either walking uphill or downhill. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so anyway, it was, uh, that was one of my first endeavors as far as larger real estate and it was creative finance, I can tell you. Well, plus it's, it's the history of preserving that building for yeah. the community. It's, a, it's an example of people like you, we, again, to, trying to preserve our heritage some. So Yeah, it's, it's a neat building and then, you know, we really did something similar to the old Sutton which was called ba Bash Bash Bashnell's Bakery back in uh, late 1800s. And wow. uh, so, you know, and I, I don't know, I think you get more of a appreciation for history the older you get. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be ramping right up here. <laughs> I mean, you've got four children, all very accomplished. You might, you know, is it three daughters and one son, right? Yep, yep. So um, I guess mostly, but Jessica, let's start with her. Where, where's your oldest daughter? Yeah, so Jessica, she has moved down to Orlando and Florida with her husband, Jimmy, and they have three kids, and uh, she comes up quite a bit. It's, it's, you know, it's great, really. But uh, so she worked for me. <clears throat> it's kind of funny. You know, you think, boy, if my kids can, you know, just, you know, end up around us, it'd be so much more fun mm -hmm. because I had so you know, so much fun with all of them, right, all the time. Sure. I mean, you know, as a contractor, my girls, I always told, tell my wife, I, they, I said they knew how to swing a hammer before they knew how to swing a spatula, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> right. I'm, yeah, I made them do everything. <clears throat> but anyway, so uh, so she uh, went to school, came back, was working for me in the construction company, and uh, we got her a condo over there on Rochester Street, and I thought, oh, this is good. She graduated, she has a place, she has a job. I can almost check the first one off the list as far as right. Her. So she went to a friend, a friend's wedding that, uh, you know, she went to high school with. And at that wedding, and he played baseball at Iowa. And at that wedding, she met her husband now, who also played baseball at Iowa. And so she met him. He was living in Arizona. She went out to visit him. And next thing you know, she's moving away. Right. So, so you, you can't check them off too early. Yeah, well, she's still around. She's a yeah, a great person. Then Emily is um, was second, is that right? Mm -hmm. And she's uh, she's around, pretty accomplished with her business and things she's done, and yeah, very, uh, including her charitable work, which mm -hmm. is part of the Hodge Hodge family. But tell us about Emily. She's got a couple of children, right? Yeah, so she's got two two kids and uh, married Zach Hamas here, who's local, <clears throat> and uh, Zach's actually a teacher out at uh, Liberty High School. Sure, and. Uh, but Emily is involved with, I mean, she worked with us for a while, and then she actually, they left. They went to uh, overseas for Zach to play baseball, and so I had, her job had to be replaced, you know. So anyway, she came back, and she kind of got self-employed working for Mary Kay, which has just been a great experience for her. She uh, mm -hmm. uh, really, you know, I think it's, Mary Kay is really a supportive 
company as far as their ladies really empowers them. And mm-hmm. But anyway, so she's been doing Mary Kay, and now she's actually working f- with me some, and uh, she uh, she's she's always here. They're, they're, <laughs> they're kind of funny because my next daughter Molly, uh, you know, she says to Emily, Emily, you, you're always helping Dad. Now Molly's a nurse. Mm-hmm. But she goes, Emily, you're always helping dad. And uh, Emily goes, yeah, that's right, Molly. And so w- but when he gets time to give him showers and all that, and then you're going to be taken over. <laughs> well, Molly's an accomplished there. She worked in <clears throat> intensive care, I think, or the children's Children, pediatrics. Children, yeah, 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 pediatrics, oncology. Yep. And then she moved to uh, uh, Mother Baby. And then now she's in women's health over yeah. the university. And she's it's really worked out well. She's married to Tim Davin, you know, a local name. And uh, they've got they've got uh, two kids, and uh, just they live down by hills. Sure. And uh, just doing really great, really yeah. great. Yeah. Well, Tim and Molly are <coughs> some of my favorite people. Then you have a a son, Andy, who's now yeah. in the business, and uh, he's smarter than you, I think, right? I think he is. I mean, <clears throat> I in fact, I think I know he is. But uh, um, what's interesting is, uh, as you can imagine, you know. You know, Dad, you know, you'd like to have a son, right? Well, I had three girls, and uh, which, you know, were, were just really turned out great. And then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Andy. So Julie said, you got one more try. <laughs> so, so This was it. Uh, that was it. And so, anyway, it's worked out really well. And I think even the order worked out well, you know, kind of having the girls first, and uh, especially with sports and stuff, you know, where you – at the end of high school, they're done. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was good to know that before my son got involved. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, Andy is, uh, he went to Iowa State, which we don't hold that against him, and uh, studied construction engineering, which is really a great uh, degree over there. They just teach, I mean, like when I got in business, you know, for straight civil engineering, you know, they, it was just all design. And so then when I, uh, needed to do accounting or I needed to write some contracts. I had to go back to Kirkwood at night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this construction engineering program from Iowa State, just, they teach them all that stuff. And so they, and when you go in to talk to them, they say, there's one of two things that will happen that we try to educate our people for. One, that they'll either run their own company or two, they'll run somebody else's company. And so I, that's kind of, I think, the qualifications that, that he came out with. Well, that's a great engineering you know, school, college. Yep, yep. yep. Then you, but he went off to um, Kansas City, right? Worked for a big firm? Yeah, worked for J.E. Dunn for a few years. And, you know, they always say, you know, I guess you should work five years for somebody else. But I didn't really want to wait five years till he came back. So uh, he worked there a couple of years. And uh, since then, when coming back, I've just encouraged him to, I mean, because, you know, you, you have to have all these outside influences to get better, I think, right? You have to be able to see what other people are doing and both, you know, in our in our specific profession but also all the other professions and so i've got encouraged him to get really involved with stuff and to continue to learn and and you know get all this outside help even though he was just away for two years so it's oh, yeah yeah and then he met jessica right from high school and yeah they got married and <clears throat> they have a son now right right so jessica yagla <laughs> hodge uh she uh she went to city high and uh they got married and uh now I have a son, Caden, and uh, that's the first one of the Hodge name. Oh yeah, that's right. So is this, I mean, is this eight then grandchildren? Yeah, eight, yeah. kind of eight, eight at eight and under now. Wow. And I'm hoping maybe nine, nine and under. I don't know, but 
I could go two dozen, but now they're they're all pretty young. But I think you've even taken them fishing in Minnesota. Some oh yeah, right? yeah, and there's it's just so much fun, and they, uh, uh, you know, you got to spend time with them really to, yeah. you know, to get that relationship going. And uh, so we took them up last uh, last summer, four of them fishing in Canada. They just had a ball, you know, mm -hmm. their first experience with crawdads and you know and, and picking stuff up and baiting <laughs> their own hook and of course they want to bait their own hook you oh know? yeah yeah we had a great time stayed in cabins and uh their dads went too so it was it made it a little easier at least yeah. at least two of them did well it's a great family and i know you're very close to your your brothers and your sisters and mm -hmm. um often you have your family get-togethers or holidays at at your i we call it your barn where they mm -hmm. all come here and, and julie's got a siblings too right so it's mm -hmm. a pretty big crew for these holiday celebrations yeah i mean really it's just the hodge crew's gotten so big i mean you know when we get together it's like 120 so we actually do a a fall uh picnic over in the quad cities because it got too big and then uh, so julie's family mostly comes here for thanksgiving and christmas that's still 40 some people but uh yeah it, it's a big crowd and i and you know the nice thing is everybody's so close sure i mean i try to get over to rock island and uh uh, have coffee with everybody and cackle with my sisters and my brothers, you know, at least once a month, you know, and, yeah. uh, so it's, uh, pretty close, you know, and, and I talk to, I talk to different people in the family, yeah. uh, every week. And your wife, Julie, sort of run the household for 40 years, right? And kept things going while you're out working until midnight. She was, you know, taking care of things, right? Oh yeah. No, she, and she, she did a wonderful job. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of a, uh, if you if you're spending too many hours doing one thing you're 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 short on something else there's always that balance thing sure. right and balance was hard but <clears throat> uh she uh she pretty much you know 10 12 hours a day when i was working she was raising those kids and uh yeah it did she uh she did an unbelievable job um <clears throat> and I, one thing i was going to mention was you know as far as when i started my company you know brother david you know he worked with sure. me for 20 some years so uh, it that made a good partnership you know and then his son Weston's working for the company now right right yeah active yep Weston's uh yep. uh <clears throat> working running jobs and actually you know him and my son Andy will have some ownership and uh, sure yeah well good let's talk a little about the Hills Bank board you've been the Hills Bank board for a number of years right yeah, I mean, you got me on there, Tom. It's been twenty years. Twenty. Years. Well, that's, <laughs> you didn't tell me that when you well, got that's me remarkable. on. That's <laughs> remarkable. It's uh, it's nice to know we have strong board members on these lo local banks. Uh, tell me a little bit about just here uh, at the end about your philosophies. You know, you talk about balance. Uh, what what sir? What's your rules of life or philosophies, whether it's work or for your family? Oh, I you know I mean I you know always talk about balance, but uh, <clears throat> with my kids, you know, I think I probably work too hard you know i mean too many hours so uh take a little drink of water here. <laughs> uh, yeah but i think well of course now you're you're only part-time right <clears throat> yeah yeah I, I started uh five years ago i said well, okay i'm gonna take friday off next year so that next year i took friday off and then the next year i took thursday friday off then this year i took wednesday thursday friday off and my saying was this is pretty good i go to work on monday the next day is friday i got four saturdays <laughs> but anyway you're catching up right? yeah yeah but uh, anyway, so, you know, just tell, talking to kids about, you know, balance and, and you know, just, um, you know, just just kind of, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, you got to learn to uh, 
live within your economic. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy at that, you know. Yeah. And you've traveled somewhere. Have you, and what's been your favorite place? I know you've been to Hawaii, you said, and you've been yeah, to we, Caribbean. Uh, yeah, we, we've traveled some. You know, we, it's kind of funny. We Last year, we went down to uh, um, Grenada and uh, met uh, three couples of Canadians here, and we just had a ball with them. And so anyway, so this year, we're going to go to Barbados with them. And I, we went up and visited them this summer. I bet them, you know, against the, you know, the Raptors that would not win. And, right. and so I had to go up and buy them all dinner, you know. <laughs> I did remind them that I didn't think there was any Canadians on that team, by the way. But That's the Toronto NBA team. Right? Yeah, 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 basketball team. So, uh, but anyway, I would like to travel more, you know, I mean, as I slow down and, and do stuff. And so, uh, but I wouldn't say that we've been big travelers over the years, but, but you know, we, we just... We, we been, go somewhere. Been sort of busy, yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I've, I've enjoyed this. Uh, the story will continue. You know what you do here and the things you've done in the community and and the the friendships. I always think of you as um, as a person bringing all of us together. You know, and there's no there's no um, there's no hidden message. There's no requirements. So you do charge us occasionally breakfast to donate money to the crisis center or whatever. It's yeah. at, at that yeah. time of the year. So. We try to get a little charity spinning there for them, right? Yeah, we have we have some pretty uh, giving, uh, you know, friends because we've done really well for those, uh, the crisis center and the food pantry there in Coralville. Yeah, it's been really good. Well, good. Well, thanks a lot. Um, you've been a, a great friend and my best friend a lot, and uh, you might be back at number one, you know, who knows, in a year or two. <laughs> I got my fingers and toes crossed. Okay, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank. This Corridor Business Journal podcast is produced by Joe Coffey of Coffee Grande Studios. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal. 